May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Almost 40 years ago, my late wife Mary and I took the most wonderful, cheap vacation. After all, we hadn't been married very long. We were just beginning our careers, and as former graduate students, we were pretty much broke. We decided that we would head north, drive across parts of Canada, and then head down the eastern seaboard. We got up one morning, loaded our Volkswagen convertible, and just took off. Although we had made reservations at several points along the way, most of the trip was totally unscripted. However, one point was to be our final destination, and there we had plans. To visit a colleague who was a well-known healthcare attorney and an avid sailor. Once we arrived in Baltimore, we had lunch together and then set out for his harbor on Chesapeake Bay for an afternoon of sailing. The boat was lovely, not very large, only about 30 feet. Nevertheless, it had a solid keel and was more than capable of handling the waters of the bay and the intercoastal waterway. Knowing that I loved sailing, our friend asked if I'd like to take the helm for a bit while he and his wife relaxed on the back of the boat. Well, Mary and I knew boats very well. We were capable sailors, so we readily agreed. Now mind you, our sailing experience had been limited to Carlisle Lake, 50 miles from here, not to waters that empty into the Atlantic Ocean. Well, I suspect you can see the punchline coming. As my friend slept on the back deck and I enjoyed steering the boat, I heard this blast of a horn. When I turned around, it was a full-size container cargo ship bearing down on us. I screamed, prayed to God, and cried out to my friend to rescue us, to come after us. Frightened would be a gross understatement. Although I had grown up around boats and loved them dearly, I was fearful for Mary's life, and I have to admit mine. But that afternoon, my friend the lawyer, my Jewish friend, was our savior. Interestingly enough, he didn't bat an eye. As I was yelling in fear, he calmly got up, sauntered the length of the boat, and calmly took the helm. It was as if he was saying, what's the problem? This is no big deal. Give me a minute, and we'll get out of the ship's way. Huh. Easy enough for him to say. From that experience, I certainly can relate to this morning's gospel. Following his teaching on the parables of the sower and the mustard seed, which we heard last Sunday, Mark tells us today, that Jesus and his disciples decided to sail to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They got into a boat, with Jesus apparently comfortably seated on a cushion in the stern. No doubt he was relaxing after a long day and perhaps even enjoying the beauty of an evening on the water. 
Suddenly, a storm arose, a storm so intense that the boat was being swamped, in danger of capsizing. Even Jesus' disciples, all of whom were seasoned fishermen, were frightened. In terror, they awake Jesus and chide him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? <laughs> Unfazed, Jesus wakes up and almost nonchalantly rebukes the violent wind and raging sea. Peace, he says, followed by the simple imperative, be still. Immediately, both calmed. Then Jesus turns to the disciples and rebukes them. Why? Why are you afraid? Don't you have any faith? The disciples, grateful for their rescue, were nevertheless dumbstruck, clueless as they stared at each other and asked, Who is this guy that even the winds and the waves obey him? Who is this guy? If last week's parables challenged us to be patient in faith and celebrate even the smallest and seemingly most insignificant reflections of God's kingdom alive and at work among us. This Sunday's question is even more basic. In what or in whom do we have faith? What is the foundation of our faith? And how are we to respond to the presence of him in whom our faith is grounded? Who is this guy? At first blush, these might appear to be rather simple-minded questions, especially for those of us who believe in Jesus, who've grown up in the faith, and who worship regularly. However, the specific context of today's gospel puts this faith to the test by locating it in the context of fear. Fear, the disciples' fear, as well as our own. While the storm on the Sea of Galilee and the freighter on the Chesapeake Bay are indeed extreme examples of situational fear, each of us have been touched by this quite human emotion. Teenagers, for example, fear rejection by their peers, not fitting in or being different. Adults fear the loss of employment, the loss of love, the loss of friends. And all of us fear death, abandonment, and being alone. For some of us, at least some of the time, fear is motivating. Consider the employee who works harder and longer, the soldier who digs a foxhole deeper and deeper, the teen who buys the latest electronic device or pair of sneakers. But more often than not, fear does not motivate. It debilitates. It immobilizes us. It clouds our perspective and diminishes our sense of hope. The boss who simply can't seem to make a decision for fear of failing the young lover who just can't pop the question for fear of commitment or rejection, 
or the priest who tempers his or her remarks for fear of the congregation's response. Although the fears we experience in our own lives no doubt differ from the disciples' encounter with this violent storm, Jesus' response is the same. But before we jump ahead, I want to call your particular attention to the sequence of Jesus' two commands in this morning's gospel. Despite the disciples' plea for immediate help, their fear, Jesus' first action is the most instructive. He doesn't leap into the situation. His first command is simply peace. Peace. While surely referring to the wind that was roaring all about them, it seems to me that he also was telling the disciples to calm down, chill out, get yourselves together, take a deep breath. Everything is going to be all right. Most important, Jesus is telling them to have faith, have faith in him. And only then does he prove his point and stills the sea. Yet this early in Mark's gospel, our dear companions, the disciples, find themselves still confused. They don't get it. They just don't understand who this guy really is. But that will have to wait for another week. In the meantime, make no mistake, fear is a fundamental emotion of human experience. It is at times life-saving and at other times paralyzing and destructive. It is also, however, instructive. It reminds us that we are not in control of all that occurs in our own lives. It confronts us with the evil that truly exists in the world we inhabit. And it brings us to our knees in prayer. But dear friends, perhaps most important, it opens us to the grace of the Lord who both offers us peace and through faith calms the terror of our souls. Indeed, the miracle embedded in today's gospel is not so much the quieting of the storm, but rather the strength, comfort, and peace given to you and to me, even in the midst of our fears, through a certain faith and sure foundation in the saving grace of Jesus of Nazareth. May this grace abound in your life, calm your fears, and give you peace.